Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today is day two, and this is your five-year plan in real estate. This plan was originally designed for new real estate agents, um, but frankly, anyone can use it. And this is a plan for you uh, to lean back into if you find yourself having been in the business for a few years and needing a real course correction. That's what this is all about. So today we're going to get to day two, and we're going to give you we're going to get more into the weeds of specifically what you should be doing how you should be applying your, you know, really scheduling yourself and what you should be learning and what's going to come as a result. Because remember, guys, at the end of the day, you're doing this business for one primary reason. If you're going to be serious in this business, if you're going to have a business that you're long-term, uh, that you're proud of long-term, it's going to be uh, a business that has to be producing lots of profit. Because with that profit, you guys can create financial freedom. So the idea is you sell houses, you make lots of profit, you take that profit, you invest that profit into things that produces income for you. And then one day you're rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And we're going to start dipping our toes into that conversation with you guys today. So Julie, before we get to our next point in this five-part series, let's do remind them to make sure that they're putting the um, headlines on ignore in the news. And specifically, yes, specifically starting with the ones that are uh, pertaining to the mortgage rates. That's right. The world is not coming to an end. The sky is not following, falling. You will still do transactions, both buyer sides and seller sides. And there have been a lot of headlines. I know Inman was running some of those, but also, you know, mortgage sites and different things trying to motivate people to get it done. But here's the thing. You've got, I ran this just about five minutes ago on mortgagecalculator.org, which is a tool all of you guys hopefully know how to use. And for a $500,000 purchase price with 20% down and great credit, which is $740 to $850, uh, which many borrowers have right now, the payment is still $2,000 or less a month at four, I think I ran it at 4.7%. That is still, by historical means, outrageously low. You know, when we bought our first house, everybody said, it's 7%, woohoo! You know, so four to five percent is still absolutely not the end of the world. It's still a very reasonable payment. And you made the point when I was looking that up that let's say that you decide not to buy. What are you going to pay in rent for that very same house? It's not going to be two thousand a month. I can guarantee you that. So there you are. And remember, I mean, what would a five hundred thousand dollar house in your marketplace listeners? What would it cost to rent? You know, bottom line is a heck of a lot more than two thousand dollars a month. So ultimately, people are way better off locking in even a four point seven percent a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Because remember, they can always refinance if the rates go down again. But do you think right now, and this what's going on in the world, do you think rates are going up or they're going to go down? I'm going to guess they're probably going to end the year someplace about where they are now, less than 5%. But still, there's no real benefit uh, to um, essentially waiting. waiting. And matter of fact, it's going to cost the money. It, here's the – this is kind of a <laughs> – it's even difficult for me to say this, 
but you can borrow money right now, even at less than 5%. You can borrow money right now at 5%, but if the property that someone's purchasing is going to increase in value or inflate or appreciate, whatever uh, term you want to use, by over 10%, well, then they basically, because of the um, amount of you know money that that house is appreciated by or inflated by, it's more than covered the cost of the borrowed money. So the interest on the, uh, the loan, now let's say the payment was $2,000 a month to Julie's point, and let's say you know, $1,500 a month is going to interest because it's a new mortgage. You know how that works. Amortized over 30 years. You don't really start, you know, biting into the real principal until you're about halfway through. But the moral of the story is, is that at the end of the day, the inflation or the appreciation of the home is going to, the actual amount that it's going to increase in value will exceed, let's say, that $18,000 you paid in interest. So you guys got to keep these things in mind and really be looking at these, uh, these opportunities and these headlines you know, as what, what they truly are, which is fear-mongering in a lot of cases. So, Julie, let's get to mm -hmm. uh, day two here so you can jump right yep, back in. you got it. So, again, we created this podca podcast series, which is going to be for all of this week. The Real Estate Agents 5-Year Plan, we've created it to provide a specific, practical, and tactical plan to meet or exceed your goals in your real estate career, as well as ultimately in your life, in five years or less. Yes, we want you to be investing early on. So pay attention. If you missed yesterday, you can get caught up and then continue your notes today. And as always, thank you for keeping this podcast the number one daily podcast for real estate professionals. And remember to like and subscribe so that you receive every show the second that it's released. And then if you're on iTunes, please do give us a five-star review and then share with us why you liked the show. Your continued support and encouragement are greatly appreciated. All right, so Julie, let's get to point number four. I'll read it and we can talk about sure. it. Sure. Point number four, your listing goal is to have two listings at all times. This is in your second year. And we're gonna show you how to do that in the coaching program. So don't feel, oh, you can read it, Julie. Yes, well, this is still in your first year. Remember we started talking oh, about the right. first year yeah, yesterday. Sorry. That's okay. So your first three points were from yesterday. We're still talking about your first full year in real estate. And point number four, your listing goal is to have two listings at all times. We started talking about this a little yesterday, assuming that the average days on the market in your market are 30 days or less where you're selling. And I check this on virtually a daily basis. Most of the country is still about 20 days on the market or less currently. Nationwide, we have a 1.7 month supply. So we are at least 60 days or less. So adjust appropriately. Now, if you see the days on the market inch up, Probably that means there's more inventory, which means you too will have to carry more inventory. And maybe you'll have to have three listings at all times instead of two in order to be guaranteed that one will close. We talked a little bit yesterday about, well, I mean, if things are selling in 20 days or less, why don't you just want one listing at a time? Well, if that one listing sells like it should in the next two weeks, congratulations to you, but you took two weeks to sell it, you might take 45 to 60 days to close it, which means you're going to have feast and famine baked in. Now, Julie said two listings at all times. She's giving you some specific numbers. We promised you guys we're getting into the weeds. If you want to follow along and use our notes, you can get them from timandjulieharris.com, our main website. Of course, they're usually published on Spotify, iTunes, and all the major platform listing devices. But you definitely want to have the real estate treasure map. That's our fill-in-the-blank uh, business and, frankly, life plan. 
And as Julie's going through some of these numbers, we're going to assume that a vast majority of you, of you have downloaded and actually listened to, or I'm sorry, filled out the real estate treasure map. It will take you through a, uh, the whole process of knowing all your numbers, knowing your business, your personal expenses are, because really at the end of the day, the point of your real estate business is to produce profit. And with that profit, you reinvest that into things that make you passive income. And then you're rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. For example, if you had $7,500 a month coming in passively right now off rental properties and some other sources of income that we're going to share with you, then you're definitely going to have a different experience on this planet than say, for example, if you have to always be thinking about where's your money going to come from to pay the bills for the following month, right? Do you guys get the point? So the, you are in a blessed position as real estate practitioners because you can create Really, you determine how much money you're going to make. You determine how much profit you're going to have. But it all starts with having a plan. And that's what the real estate treasure map is. So text the word Harris. That's our last name. H-A-R-R-I-S. Text the word Harris to 47372. Go ahead and do that now. Text the word Harris to 47372. And we'll text you back a link where you can then download the real estate treasure map. And uh, the first part of the treasure map is, by the way, this is going to be 60-some pages. I think, think 63. The first 40 of which are just... My, uh, mindset, education, right. And the last part is the fill in the blank part. But get it done and don't stop when you get to the math part. We explained you how to get it all done. You will have a tremendous sense of direction and relief when you actually have completed your real estate treasure map. So text the word Harris, our last name, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. And remember, a message and data rates may apply. Yes. Yeah, so point number five, again, we're talking about your first year in real estate, or maybe you're like somebody I talked to earlier today who had been licensed in a previous state, took a little bit of time off, and now is licensed new and starting over again. You decide this is your first full year or your first reset year, we might call it. You're talking about Erin. And yes. by the way, if that gal isn't a superstar within 12 months, totally. if she's not an absolute top producer within 12 months, I'll be really surprised. I couldn't agree with you Phenomenal more. Phenomenal. She is absolutely extraordinary. I agree. And she's textbook for somebody like this. She does have some experience, but she's experiencing a new market. She's highly motivated. She's highly focused. So Erin, this is for you as well. All right. So point number five. You must immediately set up three separate bank accounts, a savings account, an operations slash checking account, and a tax account. Every single time you're paid from day one, you place a minimum of 10% into savings, 20% into your tax account, and the rest into your operations or checking account. Do not commingle savings and tax accounts. I hear this all the time from you guys. You say, you've got your tax money saved. Well, where is it? It's in my savings account. Well, that money doesn't belong to you. It's not savings savings. You've got to separate them. The tax money does not belong to you. Upgrade your savings percentage as soon as possible. Some of you can, from the get-go, be saving 20 or 25%, especially now that commissions are higher. But you should have at least a 75 to 80% profit margin from your first year. First of all, that's how you spell commingle? Yep. Oh, that's crazy. I would have gotten that one wrong. I tried hyphenating it, and it corrected. C-O-M-M-I-N-G-L-E. Yeah, I know. Well, Weird that's enough. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I would love to know the etymology on that word. <laughs> I know. But I'll tell you guys physically how uh, Julie and I did this. And by the way, we didn't do this in our first year. <laughs> and after our first year, we got a tax bill. And we were like, well, what? <laughs> like a lot of you have experienced. But unfortunately, we we're very quickly able to figure out that this is the uh, – essentially, we are going to have to figure out how to pay our own taxes and make yeah. it so we didn't get behind in our taxes. And so what Julie would do is she would physically take in – the commission check because I mean, if you guys get wires, you can just do this online. But she'd take in the physical commission check, and then she would actually have against that uh, commission check already written uh, two other checks, correct? Yes. Yep. 
um, and so it's two other checks and two other deposit uh, deposit tickets. So explain mm-hmm. it to them and break it down, make it super basic. Yes. Okay. So let's say that you have a ten thousand dollar commission check, so that I can do the math easy on the fly that you just gave to me. So ten thousand dollar check, you're going to deposit that into that checking account, but you're going to have your checkbook ready and you're going to write a check in for a, uh, what is a thousand dollars would be ten percent into your savings account. That's minimum. You do more if you can. And another check you're going to write for $2,000, which goes into a dedicated tax account. And I'm serious about this tax account. And really, your savings could be set up this way, too. Don't have a debit card against that. Don't have checkbooks against that. When it comes time to pay your taxes, you can file online and you can just transmit the money. Why do you cut yourself off from debit and checking? Because the point of savings is to, you know, keep it in the savings account. And the point of the tax account is to have it when you need to pay. So, again, understand what Julie's saying. It's very easy to sweep money from one account to the yep. other to the other. And what she's suggesting is do not allow or do not make it easy to sweep money from one account to the other. We were so uh, inefficient at saving money when we were in our early 20s. We started earning hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. I guess we were to be forgiven because we had no prior experience with that. Nope. So that's the reason we had to discipline ourselves by forcing the money to go into an account. So if Julie wanted to get at the money, there wasn't even, you couldn't even write a check against. You'd have to wire. You'd have to make more effort. Right. That, that's the thing. She'd have to make, you know, go into the bank or there'd have to be a series of processes that happen in order for her to get the money. But if you could just go online, click, 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 and the next thing you know, your savings account's wiped out or what should have been your tax mm-hmm. account's wiped out. You're going to do it every time. Well, the problem they have now is you can log on to any bank and transfer in between your own accounts digitally. So if you really want to be disciplined about that, you should have your tax account set up at a different bank where you have to have extra effort to transfer back and forth. Really, the smart move is, and this is depending on your state. Some states you can do this, others you can't. You should incorporate, you guys, I'm not an accountant, not a tax planner. I do not play one on TV. (laughs) But you should talk to a CPA that you trust, and you should probably form a limited liability corporation. I'm going to guess you should probably form an S-corp, and then you should make it so that you are paying yourself um, when you receive a paycheck, you personally receive a paycheck. It comes from a payroll company. Can you mm-hmm. briefly talk to them about how that works? Um, it could be ADP or it could be paychecks, something of that nature that are set up to do that because once you sort it out with them, they'll figure out what percent goes to each entity and then you end up with the net check going to you. Uh, and that's something that we recommend in coaching that you do after you've got probably six months of fairly consistent income, which should be the result of following our plan. When they're just getting going and they, they don't have that confidence that they're going to be able to make it every month, you can still set it up, but just make it at a lower amount because you know so, you're going to have a minimum. Right. So what she's saying is if you're not confident, like, for example, some of you are saying, well, I'd love to receive a daily or regular paycheck from my business, but I don't necessarily have the consistent cash flow yet. That's perfectly understandable. Yeah. So the system would be to not pay yourself consistently, and you'd have to then tell the paycheck company when you want to pay yourself. You and what the amount was, or make it so the paycheck you were receiving was like a hundred bucks or something. But you, the nice thing about these payroll companies, what they do is like where Julie, when Julie and I sold real estate in Central Ohio, you guys are going to think I'm making this up, and I'm not. This is so crazy. So we we were based in New Albany, Ohio. Let's say New Albany, Ohio was a city. There would be a city tax in New Albany, Ohio. There would be a state tax in the state of Ohio, and of course there would be a federal tax. Well, if we sold a house in a an adjacent uh, city, say Gahanna, Ohio, or Westerville, Ohio, or it doesn't matter where Ohio, 
Each of those little dinky cities would all have their own income tax that we had to pay. At different percentage rates, At different too. percentages And they were rates. anywhere from a half a percent to like one and a half percent. And they were so damn good at keeping track of every single real <laughs> yeah. estate agent that had a closing I'm, in their communities. Yeah. At the end of the year, we would get a stack of all these you know, tax due Horrible. account notices from all these different cities. And if you didn't pay them, they'd pursue you. And you know that don't take... forget Rita, good old regional income tax. Yeah, too. I remember the first. Tell them that's a funny I, story. I honestly, I thought it was a scam. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, to be honest, and some of them will relate to this. I was coming from. I mean, we had our car cleaning and detailing business, but I was coming from a place that took the taxes out. Right. I had never heard of this entity, so we got behind on that. This is why we teach you to be disciplined, so you don't have to suffer the same mistakes that we made. Okay. So we were in college, basically, and we got into real estate right out of we were out of college. And one of the businesses we had was a car cleaning and detailing business. And the RITA part stood for Regional Income Tax Authority. That was the story. Yep. And when we got this RITA bill from Ohio saying, you know, somebody named RITA that we owe our money, you know, we were dumb. We didn't know. <laughs> that does and, sound crazy. And we ignored it. And guess what happens? RITA doesn't like being ignored. And then eventually Rita gets super mad, and then she wants more money from you. She gets so, mean. So this is the reason you ultimately want to consider using a payroll company. If you're not in a place like you know Columbus, Ohio, where they're figuring out a million different ways to tax you, then you don't have to have all these little weird problems. Um, but do talk to a CPA. Your, uh, your CPA uh, then might be able to set up payroll for you himself Probably. he might or herself. They might have that as a service. But do consider using a payroll company because then you don't have to worry about whether all those little accounts and all those little um, you know, taxing entities are uh, being fed. Yes, that's right. And it's really good because they do the accounting for you. They send you quarterly reports. It's just a more responsible fiscal way to live your life. That's right. Okay, so point number six, using your real estate treasure map, identify any debt you must pay off, especially high interest rate credit cards. Refinance any mortgages that you have while rates are low and lock in those 30-year fixed mortgages. Give yourself specific deadlines for all financial goals. Now, if you've got some debt and it's 5% or less, maybe you're not focused on that. But there are credit cards that are charging 20 25% interest rate, and maybe you've been owing on that for a while. So you want to knock those out first. And we do talk about that in the treasure map. Again, this is not the normal advice that we would be giving to most of what Julie just said would be the normal advice. But I'm going to add some abnormal advice because we're in this high inflationary era and the interest rates are low. You might want to refinance your mortgage and you might want to pull out uh, the equity to pay off any of your extraneous debts mm -hmm. because the amount of money you're going to be paying on that borrowed money on that mortgage is going to be significantly less than the amount of money you're going to pay, especially on something like a credit card. So do take advantage of these long-term low-rate mortgages. Do not move yourself into a, um, an adjustable rate mortgage. And if you're in California, make sure you're uh, paying attention as to whether or not your refinance is a, um, what's it called? The mortgage, you know what I'm talking about? Um, it escapes me. It'll, right it'll, come back to us. it'll come back to us in a second. The, so um, uh, starts with an R, right? I know, I'm stuck there too. All right, we'll, we'll get it'll it. It'll hit me in a All second. Right, point number seven. Yes, point number seven, develop two recourse. recourse. All right, so <laughs> there it is. If you're in California and other states, when you close on your loan, it's a non-recourse loan like 99% of the time. But you ref uh, re if you refinance, if you don't pay attention, it'll become a recourse loan. Recourse loans are if you ever, and I'm not suggesting this, but if you ever were in a situation where the house had to go into foreclosure, again, not suggesting this, don't think this will ever happen, but just like, you know, this is essentially a worst case uh, insurance basically. But if you had a recourse loan that they can then go after you for the unpaid balance hypothetically, though they didn't do that during the last mortgage cycle. If you have a non-recourse, they can't. 
So it's worth um, knowing what type of loan you're getting and make sure you're getting apples to apples, especially in states like California. Well, yes. Actually read what you're signing. And, you know, that is a cautionary tale because everybody does so much DocuSign and you just scan through until it shows you where to sign. So you also, kind of similar to that, make sure you don't have prepayment penalties and stuff like that. So yes, refinance, but make sure you know what you're signing up for. By the way, if any of you are mortgage loan officers, um, the company that Julie and I uh, do, we we do consulting with and we're associated with eXp Realty, they own Success, the magazine, the sort of, I think, a lifestyle brand too. Mm -hmm. And they started a mortgage company called Success Lending. If you as loan officers are interested in joining Success Lending, uh, text me and I'll connect you to the person that's putting it together, uh, Glenn uh, Stern. Stern, Yeah, Yeah, it's a pretty amazing opportunity for loan officers. Has a lot of the similar, um, I think, upsides as EXP does for real estate agents. But do text me directly at 512-758-0206 and I'll uh, connect you directly with Glenn and you will most likely want to uh, then join EXP Realty through success lending and uh, become part of EXPI and, uh, you know, really benefit from this massive success story that continues to be EXP Realty. All right, point number seven. seven. Yes, so develop, remember, we're back to your first year here, develop two very predictable income spokes. For your first year, we recommend building your center of influence spoke for your foundation plus one very proactive spoke, such as expired listings and or for sale by owners. Now, we start with your center of influence because statistically, almost all of you, your first transactions will be from your center of influence anyway. So you might as well cut your teeth on those deals. They're a little bit easier. They tend to trust you more. They tend to have fewer objections. So it's a good way to jump in. But what we're talking about is systematizing your database, growing your center of influence on purpose. We have entire dedicated podcasts and parts of our coaching that are dedicated to that. So spokes on the wheel, this is uh, is a Harris copywritten, um, I think, analogy. analogy. And so if you go into the real estate treasure map, you'll uh, understand more about it. But the gist of it is, is if you can imagine a bicycle wheel and a bicycle wheel that has one spoke is not going to be a very strong bicycle wheel. Wheels, imagine a bike, you know, two-wheeled bike and the front wheel on your uh, bike has one spoke. You hit a little pebble on the road. Uh, all of a sudden, that wheel is going to obviously have no integrity. And it's going to collapse. That's what happens a lot of time to real estate. Well, really any business, but really happens a lot to real estate agents who have one source of business, especially if that one source of business is buying leads. The buying leads thing is going to become very pernicious in the next 24 months. Julie, did you see that article from Housing Wire I sent to you? Yes. It was amazing. Julie and I, this Housing Wire article is specifically say, stating and almost a, uh, I think, an oversharing type way, mm-hmm. you know, how much the, not just Zillow, but all these other companies are going to start trying to get into agents' pockets in the form of referral fees. But Compass actually said, Compass, the real estate brand, and we're going to go, Julie's going to make a pot out of this for next week, that they plan on reducing agents' commission splits so they can increase their profit margins. That was one of the things that they're going to do. So again, as you're deciding what you're going to do with, you know, this is a five-year plan, right? Which real estate brokerage are you associated with? With Which lead sources are you going to be implementing? How are you going to be positioning yourself uh, for maybe economic swings up and economic swings down? You have to be thinking like a business owner. Uh, and one of the first things you obviously want to do is choose the right real estate brokerage. Yes, Julie and I are associated with eXp Realty. Yes, Julie and I would love the opportunity to be your eXp Realty sponsors. And if you're ready to join eXp Realty as a new agent, a seasoned agent, as a big team, as a small brokerage, as a big brokerage, give us a call. Text me directly, 512-758-0206. 
512-758-0206. Yes, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of having you be partners with us at eXp Realty as your sponsors. 512-758-0206. Julie? That's right. So developing those very predictable income spokes. Don't dabble in them. Systematize them and develop them so they become more predictable for you. Now, we talked about your center of influence, but we also want you to be proactive with expireds and or for sale by owners. I'll tell you, one of the things that's come out of our coaching students lately is that they, many of them, have found what they're calling the expired honey hole. And I yeah. said, what's that? Um, and they, they are talking about both residential, especially commercial or mixed-use expireds from right around first and second quarter of 2020. Now, why was this? rewind to what was happening back then. That's when nobody knew if the housing market was going to crash. We had a massive amount of people taking their listings off the market. Chris Leon was the first. He was Especially talking about commercial. This. He got the conversation going. He's really doing very well in Chicago with uh, commercial. And he also has been very coachable about one of our other points, which is say yes to everything. Yep. His first few commercial or mixed-use transactions were out of his wheelhouse. He did partner with a commercial agent to learn it. And now the listings that he's taking, he's doing solo as a commercial agent. So I, that's flexibility. That's expanding your spokes. That's, that's exact, being proactive. Chris is the exact has the exact correct approach. And I'll tell you the other thing I like about Chris Leon in Chicago mm -hmm. is that he also is building passive income through rental properties. Yes. And he's also building passive income through EXP's EXP. revenue share. Mm -hmm. So he is the prototypical, you know, frankly, brilliant business person. Now, he is in the midst of all these things. He is in the middle. He is still essentially, as we talked about yesterday, getting his plane off the ground in all those categories. And he's doing a lot of things simultaneously. But where he's going to be in five years is such a magnificent place. He will be financially free. Not only that, he's going to have financial, he won't just ha have enough money that he's created passively to cover his immediate overhead. He's going to be making most likely, based on what he's doing now, assuming he keeps doing it, he doesn't quit, he doesn't give up, tens of thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in passive income because he was, as Julie said, in, you know, point number four today or whatever it was, he scrolled the, way, the money in the right places, he's making the right investments, he's doing what he doesn't want to do when he doesn't want to do it every day, he's following a plan, he's implementing, he's not just going from one shiny object to another. You probably have never heard of Chris Leon. Not even, you know, if you've done transactions with him, you, he's not going to be asking for attention. He's not going to be bragging. He's not going to be showing off his awards. That's not the reason he's in the business. He's in the business to take care of his family. He's in the business to make his family and himself rich where their money works for them and they no longer have to work for their money. That's what his focus is. And all these other distractions that are out there, he's not going to be suckered into. That is the mindset of somebody That's who right. has a long-term sustainable real estate business or any business for that matter, where they become millionaires, then multimillionaires, and they are free. Free, we say five years, but truthfully, based on what Chris is doing and hundreds of our other clients, you could do it in 24 months. You just have to stay on it. If you don't like, like I had somebody yesterday, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember his name, Marcus, I think. Marcus, he was talking to me about um, sponsoring agents at eXp. Mm -hmm. And he texted me, and I called him back, and he was asking for some suggestions and some guidance. And he said to me, I asked, well, so what's your plan? How much time are you going to put in this? Uh, and I think he said something like, oh, I asked him how many agents he wants to sponsor this year, and he said 10. And I said to him, if your plan is to sponsor 10 agents this year, which is frankly not that difficult, nope. you won't do it. Because if you say you're going to sponsor 10, you might sponsor three or five. And he didn't really understand why. And I asked him, so if you are shooting a bow and arrow, uh, you have a bow and arrow in your, in your hand, and you're trying to hit dead center. And let's say dead center for him was 10 agents. If you have, you know, you know that's the, t the 10 is the middle spot, right? 
if you're aiming at dead center, you know, downrange is the target, uh, where's that arrow going to land by the time it actually hits the target? It's going to land below dead center. So I suggested to him that he set his goal of actually 30 agents that he'll sponsor this year. It's, you know, the, guy, the guy's the year is still new. And then inevitably he's going to end up with at least 10 agents sponsored. You guys get it? So you, you got to think like that in all forms and all aspects of your life. Overcorrect. Don't just work to what's comfortable. Like our, um, <laughs> our the bell, uh, kettlebell hell man. Kettle yeah. Uh, manual. He, he like very sensitive to how, are you okay? Is everything on track? It's, you, know, how, you know, he's wanting us to do just enough weight to make us comfortable. And Julie and I are like, no, come on, son. This is not the way you work out with Tim and Julie. Until about halfway. Yeah, until halfway <laughs> today when I almost died. But I said, what we, we don't want to uh, do what's comfortable. We want to do what's uncomfortable, and then we want to progress faster. And, you know, after two or three training sessions, he's realizing that we're serious. He'll give Julie a 35, and she's like, no, I'm doing a 53. He'll give me a 53, and I'll say, no, I'm going to do a 70. So I'm, you know, those of you guys who not uh, watch us on Instagram, you know, Tim and Julie Harris on Instagram, you know, kettlebells are terrible, but they're really efficient, but you've always got to be increasing your weight. That's the whole point of knowing when you're shooting an arrow down target, you have to aim above the target. This is how a champion thinks. This is how you win long-term consistently. Trying to just do what's comfortable, you're never going to do it. You're always going to underperform what you could have otherwise done. Totally agree. Point number eight, take all opportunities your first year, including buyers, sellers, investors, referrals, in Chris's case, some commercial. You are building your skills and you need the experience. It's not time to be picky just yet. You don't have the experience to be picky until you've gone through lots of different experiences. So your script is, yes, it's my pleasure to help you with that. Then go get help if you are out of your element. And if you don't know the answer, say, you know what? That's a great question. I appreciate you asking. And then go find out the answer. You can ask your Harris coach. You can ask, you know, find out. That's the that's the mode. Don't just hide out and hoping the perfect, you know, listing or perfect first time buyer that's going to just there listen to what there aren't any. Right. You have to go out and find the work. You have to go out and find the listings. You cannot wait. Waiting is going to result in you starving. You have to go out there and hunt. That is the market that we're in. And we're going to be in this market for a long time. Right now, it's about learning how to be a listing agent. If the market does pivot in a meaningful way, which, by the way, we do not think it will, but if it were to, then it's going to be about going out there and hunting for really motivated sellers, but also buyers. And then it's a, you know, frankly, a transitional market like that, you're going to love. If you are somebody who really wants to uh, grow your business to the next level quickly, you kind of want to, you know, the adjusting markets, that's where the money's made. When the market goes from a hot seller's market and then it starts to uh, uh, adjust down towards a, an equilibrium market where there's a now, you know, six months of supply of homes for sale, that transition from a hot seller's market down to the balance market is where you can absolutely kick some serious butt and gobble up market share because most agents won't react, react too slow, not know what to do, and you'll be able to go out there and grab up market share. That's inadvertently what Julie and I did in our real estate careers. We got into real estate at a time when the market was in that transitional period, though we weren't smart enough to realize it. Nope. Um, and frankly, that's one of the reasons that we were so, I think that we performed so well for so long because of the fact that we were willing to do what other people weren't willing to do. And they were always thinking, well, the market's going to come back. Right. And it didn't. Nope. Okay. Now I'm going to revise this a little bit based on your previous story. Point number nine, sponsor at least, I'm going to say 12 agents to EXP your first year because to your previous point, I do think it's easier to go faster than slower, and I think it's much easier to focus on one agent sponsored to EXP minimum standard per month 
because you're going to wake up every day going, you know, where's my one for this month? I got 30 days. Okay, now I've got 23 days left to get that one agent. Who is it going to be? Who am I talking to? What are those conversations? I just think it's a lot easier to have a specific focus. Five is like, maybe you got all year to do that. Well, why do you want to sponsor agents? Why? And we're not asking you to do some ridiculous number or suggesting that you do. You want to sponsor agents because it creates another income spoke, but it's pretty much the best income spoke you're ever going to find because it's passive income. And the essence of it is, is when an agent sells a house and let's say they cap, you personally sponsor somebody and then they pay their $16,000 cap, you get 2,800 bucks. Now, when that person is sponsored or caps the following year, you get 2,800 bucks. The caps the following year, you get 2,800 bucks. So if you sponsor five people, only five people, and those five people all cap, and you get 2,800 bucks, do the math on that, guys. And then you get that every single year that they cap. Now, what happens is those people start sponsoring people, those people start sponsoring people, and you get paid on all of those real estate transactions. You know, Julie and I have been with eXp Realty now since 2019. We've got thousands of agents in I don't know how many countries, but I bet you, I bet you at least 11. Mm -hmm. And every time one of those agents sells a home, Julie and I are, we're getting paid. And, you know, we're consulting with DXP and, you know, that's the payment that they're offering to us and you'll receive the same thing. That's the miracle of revenue share. But what's really spectacular from our perspective is it took Julie and I, we got uh, we got into real estate in our early 20s. We got our first investment property and we're like 22 and 23. Uh, it took us from about there to about 40 to have accumulated enough paid off rental properties and cash flowing rental properties that we could completely live off the cash flow from our rental properties. Not just enough to pay our immediate bills, but enough to actually have a really nice lifestyle beyond that. We could, and we did, basically completely retire by the time I was actually 41. And Julie was, you know, the funny thing is that was almost exactly 10 years ago. I know. And Julie was uh, 39. So, or actually she was, no, I yeah, I turned 41, 41 you just turned 40, yeah. yeah. And we had enough uh, money coming in that we were, we accomplished our goal. And then obviously we got bored and we decided to get back to work. Uh, but that is a nice thing that we did for ourselves. But look how much time it took for us to do it. Now, had we had EXP's revenue share, I think we still, I know we still would have bought rental properties, but we would have been able to be financially free so much faster. And I, some of this sounds like gobbledygook to you guys. You don't understand. Some of you are probably even feeling offended we're talking about it. You guys do the time to make the effort to educate yourself. Here's the quickest way for you to do it. Text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. And then watch the three videos that are on that website. And then you can understand more about it. Why, frankly, you know, I think EXP, I believe it's the fastest growing real estate brokerage ever. Um, but all we're trying to do now is we're trying to insulate you guys from the ups and the downs in the real estate business. We want to create multiple uh, streams of income uh, for you. We want to have it so that you guys are financially free. And eXp Realty, as a great brokerage by itself, is fantastic. $16,000 caps, all these other benefits. Uh, real focus on helping you generate leads. Health insurance. A great brokerage, right? I, you know, world beating, obviously, at the reason they're growing so fast and gobbling up everybody. But ultimately, what you're looking at is you're looking at a company that's going to help you actually become wealthy as an agent. And that's something that's never been done before. That's the reason, ultimately, you never have gone to a real estate agent's retirement party, or have you? That's where you will be if you do not seriously think about how you're going to create multiple streams of income. It was the biggest driver for us, frankly, because we could then be with the XP Realty, tell all you guys about it, tell all our coaching clients about it. And if they chose to listen, then they could join. And then within a short period of time, they could. it's a massive wealth accelerator is really at the end of the day what it is. 
So if you have any sort of interest in it, please text the letters EXP to 47372. And remember, message and data rates may apply. If you're ready to join EXP and you're just looking for a sponsor, you can text Julie and I directly at 512-758-0206. All right, and our final point for today, talking about your first year or year one, don't waste time getting ready to get started. Learning your basic scripts and skills will give you the confidence to speak about real estate to different types of people in different situations. But meanwhile, always say, yes, it'd be my pleasure to help you with that. Ask for help when you need it. You don't have time to to have mindset issues. Your mindset will greatly improve as your income does. So keep your focus on that. And I, I bring you back to what Rory used to always say to us. You know, having some trouble, are you feeling weird? Go take a listing. That was our first broker. The best. And he's right. And, and yeah. I, as a coach, I changed that to, you know, how would your outlook be different if you had two closings next month that you could count on? Well, but everything the, changes. What you wrote in that uh, point number 10 actually reminds me of that thing I shared with you from Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. It was an, oh, inter- yeah, it was an interview and the interviewer asked like, you know, a sort of typical tr- you know question. How do you keep motivated? How do you this, you know, the sort of silly things that everyone always talks about. On days about. where you don't feel like doing yeah, it. Yeah, the, the mindset type questions, right? And Elon, you know, how he's, if you guys have ever watched him interview, be interviewed before, it's hilarious. So he just tor- took out this really uncomfortably long pause. And it's like, you got to think that he's screwing around with the interviewer, that he takes that much time to answer questions. I have to think that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Probably at home, he talks faster than me, Probably. you know? <laughs> so anyway, so he, he's uh, thinking about it, the answer to his question. And he, then he comes back with, I don't have, I don't think about whether I feel motivated or not. He said, that's not something has ever entered into my mind. He said, I am, um, these are, this is my words, not his. I am on mission. I'm here to uh, create. Um, I'm here to complete. I'm here to actually get things done. And I do them whether I feel motive or feel a certain way or not. They are going to happen no matter what. And he said, there's always the next thing to focus on. Do you guys see how that's exactly what Julie and I have been telling you forever about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level? When we've interviewed Navy SEALs on this podcast, do you think they actually – have you ever heard them talk about their motivation? Can you imagine a Navy SEAL saying, bro, listen – I'm just going to stay here back. Not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not jumping out of that damn plane. I'm just not in the mood. No. No, I'm out. Maybe tomorrow. You know, and then can you imagine another SEAL? Dude, you just got to find your big why. (laughs) I mean, you guys get it. That's no Navy SEAL ever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Did you work on your dream board? Oh, my. Do you guys see the insanity of all that? There's a place for it, but really it's a luxury. Those are luxury thoughts Mm -hmm. that you maybe should think about not ever considering purchasing, really. Because at the end of the day, it's about getting stuff done. It's going about it's going about your day in a regimented, uh, you know, essentially scheduled fashion, saying what needs to be said, having more conversations. The more people you talk to, the more often you're going to win. The more people you talk to, asking questions that are going to help you and help them, to, you know, essentially pre- be pre-qualified, the more often you're going to win. So it's not just talking to people. Because just saying talking to people would go out and knock on a thousand doors. Statistically, you're going to stumble across somebody who wants to sell. But if you don't know what to say, good luck getting that person to want to do business with you. You guys get it? So it's not just about contacts for the sake of contacts. It's about the contacts and knowing what to say. It's the contact and knowing what to say is following a script. A script is nothing other than a series of questions that's designed to get you and that potential seller to the same place and, and essentially you know, move towards a listing, move towards a sale, help that person solve a problem, which is to sell the house. 
That is what a professional sales approach is. You will never hear from Julie and I uh, that you have to make five TikTok videos every day. We're not going to suggest you guys become influencers. We're not going to suggest you guys try to do, do things that won't result in you helping people and getting paid. Now, if you have come to this industry with a fistful of cash and you have an, you know, a, no limit to the time you can put into it and you want to try to become a real estate influencer and you think somehow that that's going to lead all these sellers to want to call you, go for it. Try it out. If you have no fear and no risk of financial calamity from spending all this time doing something that most certainly won't get you to the result, then go for it. You be the experiment. But for the rest of you, for the rest of us, for those of us who all came from normal upbringings and you know, yep. no one was boiled. I doubt there's too many people that were born with a silver spoon in real estate. Most people are in real estate because they had, this is the best opportunity for them to create financial mm -hmm. independence. How's it working out for you? Are you willing to actually do what it takes for you to actually be financially free? Listen to the things, the comments, the points we've made on this podcast. This is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. Now we're developing global ambitions, yes. but we have to remember okay. that there's not very many countries that have English as their number one language. That's so true. we're going to be limited. But this is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the United States. Thank you for giving us a five-star review. Thank you for your continued support. We are going to do our best to get through all uh, year one through five uh, though tomorrow's uh, going to put us probably a day behind, but That's we'll make okay. we'll, we'll, we'll it make out. it happen. Oh, you know the good thing is, mm -hmm. is the next year's uh, two, they, they get shorter. Four and five has less to do because they basically these are the these are the foundational. These years. are the most important years because, you know, some of you guys listening know this. If you get too far off track for more than even a quarter, it starts to get harder to pull back from that because mm -hmm. you you've lost a little bit of confidence. You're searching out, maybe looking at some false guru advice. You just get really off mission. So these are the, you know, year one and year two do have more points to them because there's more things that you're working on. So you, you know, take notes. We've given you 10 specific points so far about how to ensure your success during that year one, whether this is really your first year, whether it's your first year of returning, whether it's the first year that you're serious, all of that applies to you. Like Erin, she was returning to real estate. That's right. And she doesn't want to screw around. She doesn't want to. That was I, very clear. Yeah, she, that's the reason I loved her. She's Me awesome. Too. And I've Me talked too. to her a few times in text and whatnot and on the phone. And it's like, okay, this lady's going to succeed. Yes. She doesn't want to try it out. She doesn't want to experiment with it. She doesn't want to try to make her own, you know, stew of success. or Work on her mindset a, or, for a year. Exactly. Or create an art project around it or go to a meditation retreat. Though I have to say, mm -hmm. uh, if for those of you guys who think Julie and I are brilliant business people, we're truly not. Because I'm going to tell you right now the ultimate business model that we should have created. Okay. Now, listeners, I'm giving this to you so some, one of you can create it. bonus point. This is a bonus point. <laughs> it's kind of a joke, but it's not. Julie and I should have been meditation coaches. Okay, now I want you to imagine this. You're going to go to a retreat. Oh, we do retreats, by the way. And they'd always be in beautiful places. So you're going to walk into a room and it's completely silent. You're maybe on a beanbag chair or a yoga mat, but there is no talking. There is nobody saying anything. All it is is people going there to meditate together. And we'd be meditation coaches. And we'd sit up there, we'd walk around and we'd make you, we wouldn't say anything because you're meditating. And then you would pay to be there. That is the ultimate business model. Perfect. Become a meditation coach. I know. You wouldn't have to worry about content at all. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just meet you at the end. Yeah, someone's going to do that. I know. I know. We're dumb for not doing that years and, ago. And then we're going to get a bunch of emails from agents saying, you know, I found the perfect meditation coach. <laughs> and it was an app. And all you do <laughs> no. is look at this person on your phone. <laughs> I actually have an app like that. It's called uh, Koi Pond. And oh, it's just no. a bunch of fish swimming on my screen. It's pretty peaceful. 
Anyway. <laughs> All right. You guys have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>